Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. Today the question is, Jeremiah 29.11 is often quoted as a promise that God has plans to give you hope and a future. What is the context of this promise? Yeah, this is the um, third episode, Justin, and to all those who are listening, thank you for listening about verses that we've heard perhaps read or taught or quoted uh, for much of our life, and perhaps um, as you are discovering, that context is so important, and if we miss the context or ignore the context, we generally misinterpret the verse and fail to apply it correctly. We've looked at Philippians 4.13, how our English versions are very misleading, and create a number of problems. Secondly, we looked at this promise in Second Chronicles, chapter seven, verse fourteen, that uh, it has been applied to the United States. And now, third, we're going to look at another well-known verse that you see printed in social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, pulpits, TV programs from from Jeremiah, chapter twenty-nine verse 12, or more technically, verse 11. The verse goes like this, for, and of course that's a signal to us when a verse begins with a connector like that, for, that we are probably going to misunderstand it and misinterpret it if we read the verse out of its context. It says, for, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. Now, later on in the book of Jeremiah, we read this, chapter 444, verse 27. I am watching over you for harm and not for good. I'll read that again. I am watching over you for harm and not for good. Why is it that people choose chapter 29, verse 11 as a promise that they claim for themselves, but they don't claim the promise that God says, I'm watching over you for harm and not for good? What's the difference? Why is one allowed and not the other? Well, again, context makes such a huge difference. What I've been reading here in Jeremiah 29 is a letter. This is a letter that Jeremiah sent to King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, that's right. This is a letter that God 
composed or God inspired Jeremiah to write. And now this letter is being taken to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And he begins by saying, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Seek to peace and the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will profits. Well, you too will prosper. Then he quotes, uh, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Because, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Now that you've heard the context, we can better understand what it is that Jeremiah is saying and how to interpret it. The nation of Israel has disobeyed God. It has fallen prey to idols and false teachers. And as a result, God is going to exile them to Babylon back east for 70 years. It's punishment. God is punishing the nation, and that punishment will last an entire generation of 70 years. It's kind of like God saying to them, you're going to prison. It's a prison that you deserve, and I'm sending you to prison, to Babylon. <clears throat> but you're not going to stay in prison. You're not going to stay in prison and rot. You're going to come back. You're going to come back because I promised to bring you back. I promised to bring you back and to promise you, or to, to prosper you and to bless you. So it's as if someone has committed a crime and they've been sentenced to prison. But the prison is of limited time. It's a limited sentence. Let's not say 70 years, because that would end up with most people dying in prison. But it's also saying to that person, yeah, you're going to go to prison. And while you're there, do what's right. Do the right thing in prison. But don't worry. When you come back, you'll have a job. I've got a job here waiting for you. I've got a place where you can build a house and you can start over again so that you and your family can prosper. So it's a promise to people who are about to go to prison. <laughs> and they're wondering, will we ever come back? <laughs> Is there a future for the nation of Israel? Or are we going to just kind of disappear into the sands of Babylon and be gone and our name erased from the pages of history? No. No. Israel has a future. Israel has a future in God's kingdom, but this is a time of punishment. But know that my plans for you are bigger than prison. My plans go beyond your prison sentence. You're going to come home. You're going to come back. And there, our plan for you, our plan for the nation of Israel, will pick back up. That promise cannot be applied to just every Tom, Dick, and Harry. That promise cannot be made to just everybody. It was given to the nation of Israel at a particular time and for a particular reason. 
So if you can find a similar situation to somebody, either a nation or a person, you can safely, in some way, apply that promise to those people or to that nation. But we do not know what God has in plans for most people in their future. It's not up for us to know their future. God may not have a plan of prosperity. Uh, if they go to prison and act up, if they go to prison and rebel against God and do not do what God has called them to do, then when they get out of prison, God is under no obligation to prosper them. So it is unsafe and unwise to apply this promise to just anybody because we don't know how they're going to respond when they go off and take their punishment, their time of discipline. We don't know that. We don't know what God's plans are. In fact, God may have pretty awful plans for them, such as said in chapter 44, I am watching over you for harm. <laughs> so we, we are not in a position to apply that verse safely to people about whom we know nothing, about whose future we know very little. Unwise to do that. But it was good to see that the nation of Israel did exactly what God called them to do when they were in Babylon. They married, they had children, God prospered them, and God brought them back. And when he brought them back, prosperity sent, was sent back in. The story of Nehemiah and the story of Ezra helps us to understand some of the blessings that God gave. Uh, under Nehemiah, the wall was rebuilt. Under Ezra, the temple was rebuilt. So in that way, they promised, or they prospered in accordance with God's promise. But it wasn't necessarily so. It didn't necessarily happen. We had to see history played out before the nation returned and returned with God's blessing. So again, we return to that familiar word, and I hope you don't get too tired of me talking about it. It's the word context. Who's the letter written to? When was it written to? And what are the conditions of that promise? Hopefully this short episode has helped clarify what otherwise could be a very murky, very confusing, and very misused promise. I hope it's an encouragement on your journey as you seek to understand God and follow his will. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us this episode. And remember to send all your questions to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com.